Before we get started, we wanted to take a minute to ask for your help. I personally am so grateful for the Ascension Press team in producing this podcast and making it available to thousands of people across the world. Since 2014, Ascension has been creating free Catholic YouTube videos, podcasts like this one, All Things Catholic, and articles to help people like you discover the truth and beauty of the Catholic faith. Ascension releases 18 free videos and podcasts every week and has reached millions of people with the message of God's love. While this content is free to consume, it's not free to make. So to help offset the increasing costs of production, we're asking for financial support to continue bringing this life-changing content to people who are searching for Christ. So if you or someone you know have personally benefited from Ascension's work, please consider financially supporting this podcast. Any amount is truly appreciated and will go toward things like the Ascension Presents YouTube channel, the Bible in the Year, and the All Things Catholic podcast. So to make a gift, please visit ascensionpress.com support or click the link in the description. Again, that's ascensionpress.com support. And whether you're able to support us financially or not, please keep us and the entire Ascension team in your prayers. Hi, I'm Edward Sree and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. How often do you think about death, about your death, about how one day you will die? I know that's kind of a rough way to start a podcast, but it's so important as Catholics that we remember that we are going to die, that we are not made for this world, that our life in this world and the many blessings are passing, that we're made for eternal life. And no matter how much fun we have, how much pleasure and comfort we have, how much money we gain, how much praise and honor and recognition, all of those things are going to pass one day. One day we will be on our deathbed. We will be breathing our last and passing into eternal life? Do we make choices this day that prepare us for eternal life? I think this is what the month of November especially brings into focus. I love the month of November. You know how it begins? With All Saints Day, we remember those who have died, those who made good decisions day in and day out to prepare them for that eternal life. And they're up in heaven enjoying the vision of God and in blessedness, and they inspire us to give everything and make Jesus the priority in our lives so that we can be with them in the communion of saints. And then what do we do on the next day? The next day, November 2nd, is All Souls Day. Once again, we're thinking about the dead. We're thinking about those who are on their pilgrim journey through purgatory. They're on their way to heaven, but they need our prayers. And we should pray for them always. But especially in the month of November, have you prayed for loved ones who have passed away in this month? I think it's a wonderful Catholic thing to do, to maybe make a list of those people you love, those who have made a difference in your life. It could be a parent. It could be a family member. It could be a teacher. It could be a, a former boss, a mentor. Do you, do you pray for them? Do you pray for them in this month, those who've gone before us, those who have passed? I think too often in our world, we say, oh, they're, they're in a better place. They're in heaven. And we, we don't want to fall into the sin of presumption as Catholics. We should never presume that those who've gone before us, those we love, are automatically in heaven. We hope they are, but we should never presume. Listen, St. Monica, the great St. Monica, she was a holy saint. But before she died, she begged her son, Augustine, begged him, please always remember me in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. If St. Monica had the passion to beg for prayers— how much more so we should beg for prayers before we die. That's what my wife always says. She always tells the kids, 
always pray for me. If I die, always pray for me. Uh, and we should, we should honor and love our brothers and sisters, our friends who've gone before us, and pray for them. This month of November, we think about not just death in general, but about our own deaths. I think that's part of what we're getting ready to celebrate this upcoming week. We have the Feast of Christ the King, Jesus Christ, the King of the universe. And part of what we remember on this day is how we're going to go before the judgment throne of that king. That king is going to evaluate our lives. And are we ready for that? Are we preparing for that? What happens when we go before the judgment seat of God, what is the particular judgment? Then we hear about the final judgment at the end of time, the general judgment. What's the difference between those things? And most of all, what do I need to do now to prepare for that defining moment for the rest of eternity for my life? And that's what we're going to talk about in this week's podcast. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sree. I want to give a warm welcome to any new listeners joining us for the first time. Thanks so much for checking out the show. You know, today, what we're going to talk about, I'm going to be sharing a lot of beautiful wisdom from St. Thomas Aquinas, St. John Henry Newman, Pope Benedict, the Catechism, and, and you're going to love these quotes. I, I know I've been very moved by them, reflecting on them in this month of November, but we're going to make it easy for you and put them in the show notes. So those of you that are already subscribed, you're going to have them right there, but I want to speak to you if you haven't subscribed to the show notes. You can go ahead and do that because you, you'll get the great quotes. You can take these things to prayer. That's what the show notes are there for. It also makes it easy for you. The podcast just comes right in your inbox each week. If you want the show notes, you can simply text all things Catholic to 33777. So just one word, all things Catholic, all together is one word. You text all things Catholic to 33777. Those are good Catholic numbers, three for the Trinity, seven, the number of the covenant, the number of the sacraments. It's a really easy number to remember. So again, text all things Catholic to 33777, and you can get those great quotes from the great saints we're going to talk about today as we consider what happens when we die. Now, our modern world doesn't like to think about death. <laughs> it, it just doesn't want to, it wants us to just focus on this life and the pleasures and honors and glories of this world. And it doesn't focus on the invisible realm. It doesn't focus on the, the, the eternal perspective, our eternal destiny, that all that in the end matters is that we will either be with God forever in heaven, in his sharing and his love with all the other saints, or we will be eternally separated from him. In the end, that's all that matters in life. And am I going to live a life that leads me toward that eternal goal? But our modern world doesn't like to think about the real meaning of life. You know, what happens after we die? We don't even like to think about that question. Do you want to know what one famous health medical facility says about what happens when we die? I got online recently and looked at this. It's, it's just, again, it's so secular, so without any kind of spiritual perspective about this most significant moment, this climactic moment of our lives when we are passing into eternal life. The modern world doesn't think about this. This is what one famous medical facility says about what happens when we die. Quote, you breathe your last breath. Your heart stops beating. Your brain stops. Other vital organs, including your kidneys and liver, stop. Your body stiffens, first your face and neck, then the stiffening progresses to the trunk of your body and gradually radiates outward to your arms and then your fingers and toes. That's the best 
that modern secular world can offer about what happens when you die. <laughs> that's <laughs> kind of morbid. You know, I guess that's where the word comes from. But but it's more than that. There's so much more happening. Listen to what the catechism says about what really is happening when we die. This is the, the, this is the supreme moment of our life. The end of our earthly life is actually a passing into a new life. And you're not going to get this at the average medical facility or the average, you know, medical journal. <laughs> modern science can't shed light on this. And the modern world doesn't have an answer to what really happens at that supreme moment. Listen to what happens here. You, you, can, you can turn to a prayer, a famous prayer that's known as the prayer of commendation. It's, this is when the, the priest comes and does the final blessing and the priest entrusts the person's soul to God as it's making its journey to its heavenly phone, heavenly home. The, the prayer says, go forth, Christian soul, go forth from this world, go forth, faithful Christian. And then the priest goes on and says, may you live in peace this day. May your home be with God in Zion, with Mary, the Virgin Mother of God, with Joseph and all the angels and saints. May you return to your creator who formed you from the dust of the earth. May Holy Mary, the angels and the saints come to meet you as you go forth from this life. May you see your redeemer face to face. What a beautiful prayer. That tells us what's really happening. Yes, all those things are happening physically, but that's, that's only a tiny picture of what's really going on at that moment of our death. We are being sent forth. We're being sent forth and our Redeemer and Mary and Joseph and all the saints are eager to welcome us. Now, for some of us, we're, we're, we're on that journey. We're launching into that journey. We, we, we're probably going to spend some time in purgatory on the way there. But the priest is praying for us that we may go speedily, that we may go to the, our heavenly homeland and be welcomed by our Redeemer, Jesus Christ, and see him face to face. So while the modern world might just tell us about the cessation of lungs breathing and the heart beating uh, and lungs not functioning anymore, <laughs> God has revealed the fuller reality of what happens when we die. And I want to talk about that. So right when we die, you know, you know about the particular judgment. Immediately, we're going to go to heaven, hell, or purgatory. So for those of us that die in friendship with Christ and we're perfectly purified, our hearts love Jesus with all of our hearts all of our strength, all of our mind, we're going to go straight to heaven if we're a saint when we die. And those who die outside of friendship with Christ, those who die outside of the state of grace, these are the people who throughout their lives pushed God out of their lives. And the decisions they made, they did not make God a priority. They pushed Jesus out of their lives. They didn't want him. And God isn't sending anyone to hell. It's not like he's, he sends them. It's like they send themselves. Like we didn't want God in this life. And all when we die, we die with whatever's left on our, you know, in our souls. And, and my desire was not for God. I didn't make him a priority in my life. So I get what I want. So that's what hell is. But what happens to those souls that die in friendship with God? They really love God. They go to mass every week and they go to the holy days of obligation. <laughs> you know, they, they tried to follow the commandments and, you know, they did okay, but they stumbled sometimes. So they were, they, they die in friendship with God. They do love God, but they don't love him with all their heart. Those souls who die in friendship with God, but they're not perfectly purified. They still have vestiges of selfishness, of pride, of lust in their hearts. Well, they're not ready for the full union with perfect love, which is God. 
but they're in friendship with God, so there's a third state for them, and that's purgatory. So we've done other podcasts on purgatory, and I can answer questions at another time on that. I want to just talk about how there's a particular judgment, right? When we die, we're either going to go to heaven, hell, or purgatory. But why do we have this last judgment? Why do we have what's called the final judgment, or sometimes the general judgment? Why do we have that? Why do we need a second judgment? Why do we have to go through all this a second time? We already know where we're going, heaven, hell, or purgatory. Why are we having a final judgment, and what is it all about? Well, I think this, this is a great question. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas explains it this way. He says that a, a person's life may be said to continue pending events yet to come. So even though we die, there's a sense in which our life continues. It, it's in, the impact of our life continues even here on earth. In other words, there's, there's events that are yet to unfold in our lives. So you can think about a father, a father that was invested in his children and blesses them and raises them up in virtue, raises them up in the faith. You know, his life, you know, the, what he did in his life continues to have impact here on earth through his children and then through his grandchildren. And, yeah, and, and if he was a really good father, he's going to have an impact that, that outlasts his time here on earth. Sadly, on the other hand, if a father was not a good dad, was not present to his children, and there's going to be a wound in those children, and the, the impact of that wound is going to continue throughout the rest of their lives and maybe be passed on to the next generation. So there's kind of a ripple effect that happens in the way we live our lives. It's not all like, okay, hey, the game's over. I'm done. I come off the field and now, you know, I, I move on to eternal life. No, no. The impact of my life for good or for ill continues. That's why we have a final judgment at the end of time that brings all of this together. Here's what the catechism says about the final judgment. This is what the final judgment is all about. And again, I know we all know that there's going to be some judgment, but a lot of Catholics are fuzzy about what happens when we die. I think it's really important that we don't just guess or speculate or go online and ask some new age guru. <laughs> no, no, we, we want to form our mind with what the Catholic Church teaches, what God himself has revealed about what really will happen when we die. Not what, you know, some talk show host, you know, says on, on TV or on radio, some pop psychologist says, <laughs> or a medical facility. No, 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 no. Let's, let's turn to our God. Our God loves us and he's unveiled himself to us. He's revealed to us the truth about what happens when we die and the particular judgment, but he's also revealed this general judgment that will come at the end of time. Here's what the catechism says about this. In the presence of Christ who is truth itself. The truth of each man's relationship with God will be laid bare. So it's going to be made known. The whole world, all the human family will know the choices we made and the truth about our love for God. The Catechism goes on and says, the last judgment will reveal even to its furthest consequences even to its furthest consequences, the good each person has done or failed to do during his earthly life. That's an important point there. So the, the good that I do, the ripple effect throughout the ages, the good that I do or the good I fail to do, the, the, that's going to be revealed to the, to the furthest consequences beyond my lifetime, beyond my children's lifetime, into the multiple generations. Pope Benedict Put it this way, quote, we should recall that no man is an island 
entire of itself. Our lives are involved with one another. Through innumerable interactions, they are linked together. No one lives alone. No one sins alone. No one is saved alone. The lives of others continually spill over into mine and what I think, say, do, and achieve. And conversely, my life spills over into that of others for better or for worse. See, our lives are all connected. I mean, I just think about how just one evil act, how it can have effects in human history. <laughs> just one act, for example. Like imagine you know, God you know, had, had intended for a human life to be born and this person was going to grow up and, you know, solve, you know, the problem of cancer and come up with the cure of cancer, or this person was become a great bishop and be a great spiritual leader for the church, or this person was going to go on and do amazing things to help the poor and whatever it was, you know, and then this person was aborted. That act of abortion, that there's just that one act. And we know that there's thousands aborted every day. But if, if just one of those persons was, was meant to do something, all of them were. All of them were meant to contribute in this world, to bring more love into this world. Every single one of those aborted children, when they're lost, we feel a deep effect, a deep consequence. But imagine if one of them was supposed to do something you know, even bigger like that, like solve the, you know, solve the problem of cancer. And that person's life was lost. This is, think about the effect of that throughout time. Now that's a, that's a dramatic thing, but but let's think about our own lives. You know, when I speak ill of somebody, if I if I criticize someone, I complain about someone, I complain about my boss at work, or one of my colleagues at work, and I say bad things about them, or this person at the parish really frustrates me, or I complain about somebody. When when I fall into the sin of detraction. That's not just a sin that affects me and my relationship with God. It certainly does that. It makes me a detractor. It makes me someone who's a gossiper. It makes me someone who is not virtuous. So it does affect me and my soul and my relationship with God, but it affects others. That you know, if I, Those people that you know, I, I shared something about this other person that they didn't, you know, maybe, maybe it was even true, but this, this other person didn't need to know I didn't need to share that little data point. But now every time others look at that person, they're going to be thinking about, oh, I remember what he did, or oh, I remember what she said. There's a ripple effect. That, that isn't just a sin that happened in one instant. It's a sin that, that, that it did occur in that instant, but its effects are felt maybe for that person's lifetime. Even after he dies, when people think about him, they're going to go, oh, I remember, you know, Edward Sree told me this about that guy. And oh yeah, he must've been that. That'd be horrible. Do you see how the effects of our sins linger in time? Uh, if I'm envious and I keep someone from rising in leadership, you know, in my, in my business, you know, I just don't like that guy. And I just, I know, so I'm doing things to try to keep him from rising leadership. Well, maybe that person was going to play an important role for the company or, or, or at the parish. You know, I, there was somebody at the parish that was really talented and I was envious, felt insecure, you know, felt competitive. And so I, I did things to try to keep them from, from starting new groups and, you know, starting that retreat program or running RCAA. And he would have been really good. And many souls would have grown in holiness through his leadership. Many souls would have converted to the Catholic faith. Many more if he was the one in charge of those things, but because I was envious. I, I squashed him. I kept him. I kept him at bay. There, there are many consequences for my envy when I do something like that. 
our lives are not an island. <laughs> We're so interconnected. But it's also true for the good, the good that we can do. You know, I think about our own lives, you know, and think about the many people who have really blessed us. I think about my parents, the many sacrifices they made for me and my brother and my sister. And um, I, I think about the opportunities I had you know, and it, through, through their initiative. I'm very grateful for them. I think about certain priests, certain priests that spoke into my life when I was a teenager in high school and helped me to start praying, helped me to you know, seek a friendship with Jesus. Uh, I remember being in college and certain priests speaking into my life about moral truth, about following the teachings of the church, uh, about Eucharistic devotion and seeking God's will in my life and seeking his plan and uh, what what is his you know calling for me? What's my vocation? I'm so thankful for those priests in those very formative years as I was emerging into adulthood. They laid such a foundation. I, I wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for them. I think about different people I've been blessed to to get to know over the years. You know, I think about Peter Kraft, and I had just you know I've I've met Peter a couple different times. He's an incredible Catholic author, if you know him. But he was very gracious. I was in Boston for some other project I was working on, and I reached out to him because I was thinking of going to Catholic graduate school, and I'd read his books and wanted to get his thoughts, and you know, he recommended Franciscan University of Steubenville. And you know, I'd heard about the school, and I, I think I would probably would have looked at it, but his recommendation, his generous taking time, we exchanged, I think, a couple letters, and he, but he, he definitely took time to meet with me we went to mass together. We had breakfast together, and he was very, very gracious and and encouraging. And and again, I can't say we're close friends or anything, but the the fact that he had that generosity and just took that time to encourage me sent me to a great master's program to study theology. And while I was there, I got to know somebody by the name of Scott Hahn. Have you ever heard of Scott Hahn? Of course you have. Almost every Catholic has heard of the the great Doctor Scott Hahn. And I was so blessed to have him as my professor. To, to get to have him as a mentor. I learned so much about scripture, the Catholic faith. And and then while I was there, I was studying with good friends like Curtis Martin, the founded Focus, Tim Gray, president of the Augustine Institute, Sean Innerst, who started the seminary here in Denver. And, and we've worked together in Focus and at the Augustine Institute. So it's just a, a, a network of friends that I would have never had if it maybe wasn't for Peter Kraft recommending it to Steubenville at that time, or Dr. Hahn introducing me. I mean, there's all these people who have spoken into my life that have shaped me. This is the positive things we can do in living day to day. Do I give the best of myself to others? Because you never know how much it's going to shape the course of history. I may not be doing a podcast here with all of you today, or may never have written a single book, may have never done any faith formation video, if it wasn't for my parents, those priests in those young years, Peter Crave, Scott Hahn, those friends, and you know, many, many other factors. I mean, I, I feel like I'm not even, I'm just scratching the surface on the, the people I know who've had a, a, an impact on my life. I think about what Newman, St. John Henry Newman once said. He says, God has created me to do him some definitive service. He's committed some work to me, which he has not committed to another. I have my mission. I may never know, I may never know it in this life, but I shall be told it in the next. I am a link in a chain, a bond of connection between persons. He has not created me for naught. I shall do good. I shall do his work. 
beautiful line. We're, we're a link in a chain. We're created for a purpose. Will we live our purpose? This is what the last judgment's all about. Yes, right when we die, we're going to have a hell of purgatory, but at the last judgment, we're going to see the impact of all our actions for good or for ill. And what we want to do is live now, live today in preparation of that moment. Every decision I make, am I making it in light of that, not in light of, oh, what's tasty right now or what's going to satisfy this appetite? What's going to give me pleasure? What's going to give me more praise? What's going to make me more noticed? What's going to make me more recognized? All those things are going to pass. The, the key is, am I giving my best to my God and the people in my life and whatever God is asking of me? I'm a link in a chain and I'm going to have an impact throughout the generations. Yes, most profoundly in my family, do I give the, that the priority for the relationships here on earth? The way I live my life, does my wife know she's the most important thing in my life? Do I live my life each day with that? You know, God's number one, yes, but in terms of my human relationships, does my wife really experience that she's the thing I care about the most, the thing I'm, I want to I, I want to care for, I want to listen to, I, I want to listen to her at heart. I want to be there for her. I want to be the husband I need to be there for her. Am I thinking through what's best for her? Or does she see me distracted with all the projects I'm trying to do? <laughs> you know, I, I know there's times when I don't live that out as well. And my wife wouldn't give me a good rating. I want to live each day. I want to get a 10. I want to get an A on that. I don't need to get an A on how much someone liked a YouTube video I put out. <laughs> you know, that that's not as important. You know, do, do, I, do my children sense that, that dad loves them, that, that, that their, the relationship I have with them is, is absolutely crucial? The number, you know, number two with, with Beth, you know, my, my wife and my children. And I know some days I think I, I do well, but I know there's days I fall short. And, and, and the last judgment, this feast of Christ the King that's coming up is a good reminder for me because in the end, when I go before the judgment seat of God, I'm not going to go up to him and say, hey, here's how many books I've autographed. Who cares? Who cares? You know, that's my career. Maybe your career is, you know, this is how much I helped the company expand its profit, you know, or, you know, or expand into this new market, <laughs> you know, or in the end, those things don't matter as much. Here's all the belongings. These are all the possessions I've built up over the years. This is how much I have in my retirement account. Again, we need to think about those things. You know, there's nothing wrong having possessions and a good retirement account. You got to be prudent, live life. But do I live each day with an eternal perspective that I'm going to pass through this world and go to a greater world? And do I live aware in awareness of my life being a link in a chain and it's going to have a profound impact for the rest of of human history. <laughs> and that's all going to be revealed as the catechism says to the final consequences, to the furthest consequences. All that's going to be revealed at the at the end of time. So in closing, let's live each day in light of eternity. Let's remember we'll go before the judgment seat of God, the final judgment where all our actions will be revealed. Let's make our choices each day in light of that larger goal, that larger story. Our modern world doesn't want us to think about eternity. It doesn't want us to think about even the rest of human history. It's just about my life right now. What do I need? What's fun? What do I need to do? Let, let's live with that eternal perspective. When we live, begin with the end in mind, we make better choices now for our spouse, for our children, for our parish, for our friendships, but most of all, for our relationship with God. And lastly, what are we going to be judged by? Of course, we're going to be judged by the Ten Commandments, the Beatitudes, the, the Sermon on the Mount, but I think about what the catechism tells us. 
quoting the great St. John of the Cross, at the evening of our lives, we will be judged by how we loved. So let's make each decision each day in light of, is this the loving decision? Is this what helps me love God more, helps me love my wife more, helps me love my kids more, my friends more, my colleagues more? Do I live more for others or do I live more for myself? If I can keep that in mind, I can live each day in a way that's leading me closer toward that eternal goal so I can be the link in the chain God wants me to be in his plan and serve his will. Thanks so much for listening, my friends. Again, if you want the show notes, you want those quotes, you can text all things Catholic to 33777. So that's all one word, all things Catholic to 33777. And you can get the show notes and you can get it in your inbox each week. Thanks for listening and God bless.